And I, I realize like how important it is to have those moment to moment experiences and stop like thinking so much and planning so much to what's there to come and just let be what it is. That was Valerie Griffiths, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back, you guys. Episode three, right now, in your face, in your ears. Here we go for another installment of the YTP. Again, thanks so much, everyone. I just, I want to just extend our gratitude to everyone who is sharing this podcast on Facebook, through social media outlets, with their family, with their friends keep keep helping us raise the vibe and the size of this amazing community which is yogi triathlete you are all a part of it so keep the feedback coming we're still getting listener requests and questions for future episodes so please keep those coming you can hit us up on any of our social media outlets we're yogi triathlete on instagram facebook and twitter you could also direct message us um, through the website or through Facebook if you want to stay anonymous. We are all about that as well. So today's episode, I've got our very dear friend Valerie Griffiths with us. She shares a lot about her life as a yogi power mom. That's what I call her, a yogi power mom. She's just amazing. I watched this woman move through her life with three kids, a husband, running a business, teaching yoga, taking time every day to meditate. We work with the same meditation teacher and how she's bringing mindfulness into everything she does, uh, right down to preparing food for her children that maybe she wouldn't even eat herself. So that will be something that you'll find out about on the podcast today. She shares with us her aha moment where yoga moved from a physical workout to something far, far greater for her and how she is bringing in presence through everything that she does and always keeping one special thing in her back pocket at all times. So we hope you enjoy today's episode with Valerie Griffiths. And before we get started, I just want to say we just finished up our Food is Medicine Intro to Plant-Based Eating workshop on Sunday at Rhode Island Power Yoga. Oh my God, it was just, it was so beautiful. And um, I love to share the information that we have with other people and then see them really take it to heart. I had prepared some food, which did get rave reviews. Um, so you'll have to hit us up for a workshop in the future. And we'll be doing some of this stuff along the way on our Ride the High Vibe tour. So please stay in touch. And another thing on the tour, one thing that's been really helpful that people have been doing is letting us know when they have friends or family that are in you know the southern states where we we will be traveling through so if that's you the more contacts we have along the way the better and you know the more connections we make you guys more people that we can serve along the way so if you don't know what the ride the high vibe tour is definitely check out the YTP episode one where we discuss it and there'll be more information coming out on that um, as we go. But we're imagining this journey is going to take us anywhere from about three to six months before we land in our new home on the West Coast. Where on the West Coast? 
Well, we'll let you know when we find out. We just trust that when we pull up, we're going to know. So that's what living in alignment is all about. It's about not knowing uh, most things, especially the big things. So we're just following our hearts and our passions and um, connecting with as many of you as we possibly can. So that was a great workshop. Thank you, everyone who came. And then next month, um, our Ironman Lake Placid training retreat. This is not just for Ironman. This is for yogis, triathletes, runners, cyclists, swimmers. Um, we've got options for everyone, so I'll put a link in the show notes. Please check that out. We do have people registered, and we would love to add to the group. Let us know if you have any questions on that. We're really, really excited, and that actually is going to coincidentally or not so coincidentally kick off this tour because the day that we happen to close on our home here in Newport is the day that we are arriving in Lake Placid. So we are going to be in Lake Placid from the middle of June until the end of July. We'll be podcasting up there. If you know people in the area who would make for interesting podcast interviewees, please keep all of that coming to us, you guys. Let's create this together. And now, without further ado, I would love to introduce you to my wonderful, dear, dear friend, Valerie Griffiths. Like I said, yogi power mom, and um, as of late, plant power crusader. He loves caffeine. You trying know. to control him? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm just letting him have it. I'm just letting him have it, right? Isn't that what you isn't that what we have to do? Yeah, absolutely. But this morning when he got into the car at five ten in the morning with a French press, oh. I was really craving and a cup of decaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that smelled pretty good to me. <laughs> so let's see. Where do we start? Hmm. Tell me about your day. Like, what is what does a typical day for you look like? Typical day. So I'll just start. I'll today. Today. Wow. Today I woke up early, like four thirty, mm-hmm. and I should have stayed awake. I made the mistake because I felt great, and I made the mistake to go back. And then when I woke up at five thirty, I was just like, oh, you know, exhausted. That, like, yeah. 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 So I need to be more in tune to that because I, I just, especially now, like. Going with the detox, if I just feel like I'm ready and willing, you know, to get up and go. But anyway, so 5:30, and um, did you have like any inspiration then? Like, did you wake up at 4:30 and feel like, oh, I should meditate, or did you feel anything like that? I did. And it's then you funny went back you to said sleep. that, and I went back to sleep. So when I woke up at 5:30, I first, you know, just brushed my teeth, got ready a little bit, and then let. I was like, oh, I'm gonna let everyone sleep a little bit. So I just sat there in, my, in our bedroom and I meditated for 15 minutes. But it needed to be longer. Like I just felt it. Like It's interesting because I'm having that right now where I want mo- more of it, but then I'm interrupted just with external. But I'm, I'm like, okay, I just got to kind of ebb and flow through it all. It was, Rosalie woke up and she was like, Mom, we got to hurry, we got school. And so 4.30 probably would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Right. But that's okay. Yeah. You'll listen. Like, when the time is right, you listen. So you get these little signs and stuff, but you start to crave it more, don't you? Uh-huh. And crave not wanting to come, like, not w- ready to be done. So what does your meditation practice look like right now? Because you've got so much going on. You mean time-wise or just yeah, like, how just often? How often, time-wise? I like... try. I really try to do it daily. Um, and 
30 minutes. It used to be 20, but now I've set my little meditation timer, that little app that you told me about, which oh, I cool. love, yeah. to um, 30 minutes. And But it's interesting. Even the 30 minutes sometimes, I'm not ready. Oh, that's a good sign. It's, yeah. So those are all signs. It's right. not like, it's it's not by chance that you don't want to come out of it. It's not by chance that you want more of it. Right. They're all signs that to, to keep going. Uh-huh. But sometimes that's, and many times, most often, that's not realistic with the demands of what you have in your day. No. And instead of, which I've realized, instead of getting upset about that, like, of this is my time, I'm like, okay, you know, I've been able to take what I can, and now I need to go do my other duties. Right. Which this morning was, you know, getting the kids ready off to school. Um, I dropped them off at school at eight. Usually Sean does that, which is nice, because sometimes even when he goes, I'll sit down again and meditate while they're gone, which is like another 20 minutes. So sometimes I'll try to steal that time as well in between, depending on the mornings, depending on what we have work-wise to do. And that's do. a cool, that I would think that that's a really cool time because you have your quiet time in the morning and then everybody wakes up and you've got this whole like, okay, let's oh, get them yeah. off to school and do all this stuff. And it's a lot at once. It's like a big rush of energy and then it all goes. And then it all goes. And mm-hmm. then you can sit in that, um, like it's almost like the moment between the moment yes. before like the next step begins. Uh-huh. It's pretty wild being in, in that because it's it's exactly that it's like the house is so vibrant and it's, it's so alive and there's a lot of you know with the kids back and forth hurry rushing this and that and then it and I always say like especially Rosalie wants to make sure she's on time and get everything and I'm always like it'll within I'm looking at the clock I'm like within however many minutes it'll just gonna like spiral to this quiet and it does as soon as I leave I'm like Oh, it's like the house just... <laughs> like it just settles. settles. Everything settles. Yeah. All right, I have to interrupt you because I think Clark... I feel like Clark is getting into something into the other room. <gasps> oh, yeah. What's he getting is. into? Oh, what do you got, buddy? A napkin? Oh, he's got a napkin. He's he loves stuff napkin. like that. All right, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Oh, he's so oh, mischievous. Wow. Oh, it's the toilet paper. Oh, that's why it was up high. Shame on me because I just put it back on... Back not as high up. Oh, you... Oh, you little devil. <laughs> so I just needed something to chew. I need a little chewy thing. Yeah. Oh, you're going to thank me now for that time? Oh. <laughs> we knew that's why you were so quiet. <laughs> I knew he was getting into something in there. He loves <gasps> Hello. toilet Hello. paper parties. Oh, and that's our one-year-old golden retriever, Clark. And he's a love. Who's now trying to get who, into who Valerie's to be in, lap. Like, yeah, you really want to be the show. You want to be in it. Yeah. He wants to be the show. He's going to be the mascot for the whole tour. All right, you can push him down. Clark, we need to podcast. Good boy. He'll get, um, he'll calm down at some point. Clark, come on, buddy. Trying to be professional podcasters. Oh, yes. Very. (laughs) Okay. So, like Clark, just a wave of energy comes in, and then it always passes. Like, everything always. always passes. So then, okay, so did you sit today after everybody? Oh, no, you took the kids no, to No, I school. took the kids because Tuesdays I go into Rosalie's class and I oh. hang out with the little fourth graders and help them like with reading and stuff for about an hour and a half usually. So that's my Tuesdays. Nice. And then after that, today I got to go for a nice walk with a friend, so that was great. Um, and then from there, I went right into the office and just helped Sean with the business, and it was like, 
we only had maybe like three solid hours being in there because all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, three o'clock. Three o'clock is kids come home and then we try to work business and the family life and where they need to be and what they're, you know, give them attention as well, um, which is super important. I've, I've realized over the years um, because I'm still technically working per se, even though it's out of our house, but they come home and they want our, you know, they want to, they want our attention. Right. And it's very easy to be typing and working with one eye and ear and then listen in the other. And what happens is there's such a disconnect and you're not really there for them. So I really try to break Did it. you, was there a time when you did like kind of function like that where you were oh, yeah. multitasking mm-hmm. like, just trying to get it all done. I was hor- yeah, because why not? That's what we are, right. you know, society, let's multitask and get it all done and you need to do it. And there's a time and place for it, I, definitely. But the more, I got called out on it. It was probably the biggest wake up Ooh, call. by who? Rosalie. Oh, Rosalie. Rosalie. Rosalie's your youngest. Yes, she's 10. And she is um, what I believe to be one of my soul sisters. Yeah. And I can't wait to <laughs> yeah. meet her because she's a fellow Pisces. Yes, she is. And it seems to me that she's a natural-born vegetarian, mm-hmm. which we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah. um, she's also that old soul in your house that just, like, I almost equate her to, like, being that higher mind like it seems to me from the stories you tell me that she has this ability or capability that's naturally built in for her to see things from up above yeah like she can see the whole picture she can see the whole picture and she's not afraid to speak up no so how did she call you out not i love all. it and so um this is about yeah this is about we hadn't moved our office into the barn yet so it was probably about two years ago i'd say um, and I was working at the kitchen table, and they came in. It was the rush of them all coming in. And I was, I remember, I was typing an estimate. I was looking down at the computer working, and they came in, and I was like, hey, how you doing? Never picking my eye out to look. And they all, great, great. How was your day? Good. And then my two older ones kept on walking by me, and then Rosie came to the side to um, tell me something in addition to her day. I can't really remember exactly what it was. But I continued to keep like typing and I said oh really wow that's cool I remember I was like excited for her but completely disengaged and she said well mom you know you always say to me to look me in the eye when we're talking but you're not even doing it now and like she got upset and walked away and it was a moment of clarity for me to be like wait a minute this whole multitasking thing when it comes to be with other especially my children but other humans is not really cool like it's not working obviously like I just let her think that what I was doing at that time was more important than what she was trying to talk to me about yeah because that was how your actions were aligned in that moment they were completely yeah and how old was she at this point um seven or eight I'm trying to think it was like she was like seven or eight at the time Wow. Don't you yeah. love, I love those potent moments in life where everything shifts. Uh, yeah. Yes. And then you, and you know in that moment that it will never be like that again. No. Nope. So how do yeah. you balance it? Like today, for example, let's talk about today. So today the kids came home from school and you were kind of working. So how do you work it now? 
Well, now it's a little different where our office is out in the barn. So when they come home, they usually go right into the house. So we have it separate, which is is huge. Like having our business and office separated from the house has definitely helped. Yeah. Um, and I so I don't take it into the house with us. And so when I come in, it's just me coming in and talking with them. Like I don't have, I mean, you know, I do it. I have my phone, but it's like I make it a priority where I put that down, and it's all about them. Um, but it's interesting, like just where we are right now in the school year, with our activities or life, it's still kind of very, can be very task oriented. So it's like finding those windows of time to make, make it, um, finding the windows of time where you could actually like feel like you're having this human to human contact conversation, like that there's more than just. The rambling of like work days and and it's so how important. is school and just kind of that kind of thing just the download of yeah, the day but just the having something a little bit more um, not meaningful but a little bit more spontaneous in the moment kind of conversation not yeah. the, not the daily ho hum yeah what's and, and sometimes what it is is just being the presence for them to speak being a, a soundboard for them. Yeah, and I had that experience actually today in Rosalie's classroom with a little boy that asked me to help him, and it was interesting because, um, I, you know, we were working for a few moments, and then this little sweet ten-year-old boy went off on telling me how his most favorite place to be in the world is in the in nature in the forest, and the way this child at ten years old was able to articulate this to me. For, and I kept on trying to redirect him back to what we were doing, but he had so much passion about telling me how excited he is to go and he gets his backpack and water bottles and he finds these tools and maybe like a, a kind of like a knife that he could use in the woods and he was going on and on. And I was just like, wow, like this child, he just wants someone to listen to him right now about this amazing amazing experience that he's had as well as like what he loves and I feel like so often the way that we run in life right now um there's no time for that yeah well in these children so I had told you about um that book oneness yeah by yeah. Rasha now yeah. you haven't read it no right? I okay when, and that section I was thinking about you specifically in this one section of the book where she talks about the the children like the even the babies, but also the children that we now have in this world that have come in. And they are already calculated, like they're already preset for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we, like from the way we live, we try and put that on them, right? As parents, like guiding them and teaching them, but they're, they're so far advanced like the, just the vibration that's coming into the world right now. And yeah. this kid sounds like one of those kids like he's just he's what he's doing is he's just expressing his gratitude for something that he loves and how often do we in the society just kind of go off the grid of what we're doing to talk about something with such passion about something that we love yeah. and and genuinely letting him talk and listening yeah like we really shouldn't have been doing that. We should have been working, you know. Like, but who? But who but, says we shouldn't? Uh, we well, should. Well, that's exactly what I thought as I was walking out. Because I'm like, I don't really think I did what the teacher needed me to do. And I'm like, wait a minute. What I might have just given to this little boy, being able to 
express what was inside of him at that moment was pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, and I think yeah. it's, ex- and I think that's why these um, homeschools are coming into an effect, and mm-hmm. you know these quote unquote alternative schools because they're looking at the child for okay, what is this child's gift? What is their unique? Like every we all have these like these perfect blueprints of what our gifts are and what our path is, right? And what our life is going to look like. And I love this new movement of pulling that out. And I don't even think it's a new movement because if you look back, you know, way, 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 way back, you know, we we were always homeschooling and working the land and working around the house and, you know, learning skills and things like that. And then just the evolution. But I think with the evolution of and where we are now and you know with everything with school with our food system with the way that we you know live like the way we work yeah. it's insane how much we work and there's some of us um, there's a, there's a lot of us who are starting to decelerate out of that and realize that you know that moment that you shared with that boy today that's that's all that really matters in that moment and it's not what you should or shouldn't do like just crafting life from a place of flow. Right. And, you know, hopefully we we hope for that little boy. I mean, it sounds like he's pretty articulate and um, has had experience, so hopefully he'll continue to be able to have more of that. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. So often, too, I feel like even even with the kids with school, like they're always being measured up, right? Yes. Always being measured up, like to their alkali. It's not, it's academically, but it's also now on the sports teams, like... I don't know when we were growing up what there was you played little league and that was it and the some kids would stand out and be go on but now it's like you play little league but you all there's AAU teams that you need to be part of and if you really want to be seen then you you know have to play even higher ones and you fork out thousands of dollars for these kids to play and then it's like and I'm saying this because this is our life too like my son Liam does this and but it's, I, I think about it, and, and this is where the balance comes, is so key, and finding down time. Um, because, like, his nights is pretty much five nights of baseball, and then Sunday doubleheader games. So it's like finding some time in there just to be able to have quiet space, and they don't know a lot about that. It's that's insane. I mean, I can't. I don't have two-legged kids. I've got the four-legged kids, <laughs> and um, but I, I'm pretty much, uh, with the exception of my friend Leanne, um, I'm the only woman I know that doesn't have children. Right? right. That's a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> um, but um, so I'm I'm living vicariously through a lot of my friends, and of course, women at the yoga studio that I've been become close to, and things like that, and I the schedules and the cost and the competition and then the the um how do i phrase this the intensity of some of the parents mm-hmm. maybe at these games and at these you've even said like at but practices and stuff yeah it's all it gets a little um gets a little out of hand but um it's just it's it's again it's like how did we get here all of this it's i think it's this like more 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 it is and and then mm-hmm. there's like you're doing it you're 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 stopped multitasking you're taking that time to spend with your kids and i think that's so so important in my experience 
with slowing down has nothing to do with what your calendar looks like. It has everything to do with finding those moments between the moments. Mm-hmm. That when Sean drops the kids off at school, you find another couple moments to be still. And I know you were just saying that about your son, Liam, about, you know, he's got practice five nights a week, but you had just recently told me a very, very cool story about meditating with him. Oh, yeah. And so has that, have you been able to do that again? Has he? Um, We we have one or two other times, I want to say. That's incredible. Um, And he didn't dislike it. I think it's out of sight, out of mind for him right now. Yeah. Um, And with his schedule and workload. But I can see why he liked it. Because there's not any downtime for a lot of these kids. And when there is, they don't know what to do. Yeah. So what what they do to kind of dumb down, I used to say, or just take some time off, is they're going to whatever device they can get social media-wise. Right, which is the opposite of downtime. Which is the opposite. Like, I don't know if you had this yesterday, but we had a huge outage from Oh, yeah, we had it. Yeah. Yeah. So... It was interesting because I was a little annoyed with because I was working and I'm like, oh God, I can't need to send this email out and I couldn't do it. And then I was like, I had this moment of just, this is fantastic. It's fantastic. Because everyone is experiencing this. Everyone right. has to just take a break away from whatever device that they have that they're reaching out and maybe just spend a little bit of quality one-on-one time with someone. Right. Maybe. So what did you do in the outage? Um, I went, I just, we, we cooked. We like, it was great. But of course, in the house, the kids um, were had their data, you know, because they were working off that versus the wireless. And right. I was like, you know what, guys? No, this is a sign. We just need to put it down. We just need to take some time. And there's always, and I understand, and there's always this pushback of, come on, why? No, what? You know, I've got to do this. Or... They're so involved with, like, Snapchat is this big thing amongst oh the kids. Oh, my God. I can't figure out how to use Neither Snapchat. Have I. Neither have I. I think, I, B- I think BJ learned how to use it. He's sneaking out right now to go get coffee. <laughs> Did you learn how to use Snapchat, honey? No. no. I know. You're, you're going to go do that now? <laughs> okay. Give us a lesson later. <laughs> I would love one. I would like to know. And they have these things called streaks. And it's basically, I don't really understand it. It's you, like, snap chat I call it to the kids snapping and they hate it you snapchat <laughs> with one person every day so like you might some kids will have like you know three months of streaks with like one person so there was a point last night I saw of both my two older ones were like oh my god mom just let me go on the data for a little while like I'm gonna lose my streak I've had this streak with such and such for 45 days and I'm like thinking to myself what a streak are you kidding me right now like that has no importance but to a 13 and 14 year old Oh, it does. Yeah. There's a lot of that. There's like, they hold a lot of value into this device of digits that they're not even communicating with people. They're not even, you know, like they think that they are, but it's so, it's twice removed, really. Oh my God. It's so, it's so crazy, right? I mean, we didn't have, I remember when we got our first um, cordless telephone. Like, I remember that. I remember, I remember (laughs) getting off the couch to turn the channel, like not... And it wasn't a button. It was like a dial. Yeah. Like you had to turn the dial or like <laughs> fixing the ears, you know? Yeah. And I'm not that old. I mean, no. we're what? We're 44. I know. I'm for, am I older than you? I'm 44. 44. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember that stuff. And I, 
I mean, I think now, especially when I think back to like my eighth grade perm, which was like a mullet. It was a <laughs> mullet. This is awful. It's a, you've seen this picture, right? Yeah. It's like a double. I, I have like the double exposure look away <laughs> on my school pictures. So I had a mullet. And then I permed it. And then my friend Katie, who is always, she's so beautiful. And all the guys loved her. And um, she always had like beautiful, she'd put sun in and it would like turn like really blonde. So here I am with my mullet perm. And then we put sun in and it turned like orange. It was awful. So I'm just so grateful. I can't even believe I survived that hairdo. But I'm so grateful that it wasn't on video. Right. That the only picture I have is that horrendous school picture, which now I can show and laugh and, and just realize that I gained so much resiliency from that Absolutely. experience. But yeah. I mean, I know that some kids are really getting into a lot of trouble, like not trouble with their parents, but like really like just trouble in life with the videos and things that have been going around. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest it's not going away it's there so there needs to I personally believe and this is my personal belief is there needs to be um, education around it there there needs to be um, boundaries and I think it's really easy as a parent to not have those boundaries because it's you know and the reason why is because the parents are just as stressed out and overworked than as much as the you know the kids are with their schoolwork and activities that it's kind of like to check out like yeah. to have that other task of having to deal and and monitor it's just like oh where it's easy to be like all right well you know it is what it is right and i don't think it's the technology that's a problem as we sit here and record on this like amazing interface and using garageband and all this stuff it's our relationship to it Absolutely, it's our relationship, relationship to. I mean, it's our relationship to everything, really. That that's that's what matters. But so, for me, and I think that you would agree at this point, like having a mindfulness practice, like having that sitting practice, even if it's for five minutes, mm-hmm. like even it's for one minute. That's what I tell people, like yeah. one minute, one minute. Like how you could get like a good five, like really long, delicious breaths in one minute you have one minute to just start to get into that space absolutely of stillness I recently just I read an article I think it was the mindful um, magazine but it was a a digital copy and it was talking about how to be mindful around technology and they were talking specifically about like the teenage kids and things that they could do and it was I thought it was really cool I shared it with my kids they were saying you know one thing like is you, a password, a simple thing as a password, like put, let that be the word pause or oh, yeah. breath. Oh, I love that. You can, if you keep patting him, he's going to stay there all night. Oh, you will? Okay. Yeah. So Clark. Okay, Clark, I love you. Clark, come Wait. here. Come here, buddy. <gasps> Poor Clark's Sitting. being reprimanded. I, <laughs> I wish I just had like a, um, like an iPhone to plug him into right now so oh. he could like play some video games see? or something. You see, that would be so and much that'd see? be so much easier. Do you see how that is? He'll just settle yeah. down. We're just gonna we love you very much, but we're gonna pretend I'm gonna you're sit not on my here. hands, Clark, and So I love that idea. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And they another thing uh, that they said was when for instance because I see this in my house with my own kids when they're getting like a text message or like a, a notification from a friend or whatever before going and picking it up or answering to it, take a full breath, like a full cycle of breath and just sit. 
Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Do you remember anything else from it? Um, Brad, there's that. Those two are real. I love the password one, and I bet you mm. when people listen to this, they're going to start changing their passwords. I think it's great. Like, I mean, think about it. Breath, pause, love. Just something to get you before. And I also think what's really cool about this is it will also help the reaction because I think what happens, the rea- when I say reaction, reaction to, I mean, I've this has been me where you've picked up your um, phone or tablet and there might be an email or a text that comes through that might kind of take you like... Like you get the preview on the home screen, right? Yeah. Like you get that preview. Yeah, and maybe it's something that, you know, we've all been there where you've gotten that text where you're like, you don't want to text back or, you know, just... But if you can have the tools of, or that remembrance of your password that you just put in, or the tool of taking that, you know, full cycle of breath. Right. Then it could also help with just how you're going to respond. Right. Yeah, that pause. That, yeah. Right? So that space. And it's that, what you said, the mindfulness, and it comes from so many different aspects of just, you know, food to our, how we interact with, with our loved ones to technology. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's um, the thing that I love about mindfulness is that it's, uh, it's free. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it's free. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to hear that excuse. Like, I can't afford mindfulness. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can afford not to have mindfulness these days. I mean, when you look at, I've been giving this talk about um, stress in the workplace. So it's mindfulness in the workplace and it's it's around stress. And um, it's, it's so shocking to see the statistics like from the National Stress Institute and, um, you know, the, just the chronic diseases that are related to it. And, you know, they estimate like, 90% 90% of all um, disease and illness is stress-induced. And so if you take that one step further, what is stress? Like stress is not um, stress is not like, you know, that girl in your class that you can't stand or your boss. Right? That's not stress. It's your reaction. It's your perception of that person, of that situation. Right. Right? So if you take it one step further with the stress, it really just goes into your thought life. Mm-hmm. Like it's your thoughts, right? And so this idea of getting into that space of being still, you know, just the fact, the the actual act of being still calms your nervous system. Right. It puts your healing nervous system into dominance. It doesn't matter about um, if their thoughts are going crazy. I mean, sometimes I sit down for meditation, and um, I'm sure you do too because you're human, and it's just like everything that you have forgotten to do, all of a sudden you remember it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're like, uh-huh. oh my, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to take notes. I'm like, yes. I can take notes. I'm in a meditation. I just need to watch these things and trust, this is what's happening in my head, and trust that they're going to come back, that I'm going to remember them after the meditation. And then there's the other voice that comes in and says, no, you're going to remember it in the next meditation. You're not going to be able to write it down. You're never going to get it done. Oh my God, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> right? Yeah. So even in stillness, this is happening. But I think what's happened um on such a mass scale in our society is that it's easier to just keep going. It's easier to, you know, just keep shoveling the shoveling the kids around in the car and dropping them off and doing this and being and multitasking and cooking and saying, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Um, 
it's easier to do that because it's it's when you stop is when you start to feel things and and the thing about a mindfulness practice is that if you're if you're hiding anything from yourself I I I only know this because I experienced it um so immensely firsthand is that if you're hiding anything for your for yourself like when you sit in a meditation there's no more hiding no no there's no it's more really hiding. <laughs> so you're going to start to see your thoughts. You're going to start to see the way you behave. You're going to start to um, realize that the mind is, is, for most people, completely running them. It is. And with mindfulness, it also becomes like an entryway to, I mean, it depends. You know, so many people have, I think, many different maybe thoughts around what mindfulness actually is. And... Um, for me, I think when I first started this whole journey in mindfulness in yoga, like I didn't really know. I didn't. I wasn't a hundred percent sure of really mm-hmm. what it meant to be mindful. I mean, you do like there's a cliche of being, mind- but I think the really like deep down what being mindful is, and it opens up so many doors for you in so many different areas that you didn't even realize were actually options that were there right right or should be you know are a part of that divine blueprint that I talked about earlier and it's it's because when you're sitting and you know you start to get into that space of stillness you open up to your true nature Mm -hmm. right and your true nature has got the whole blueprint yeah it's like got the whole thing like spread out on the architect table and it's like all right yeah I mean what's the big what is the big like conflict over you're supposed to take a left here it's yeah. not like, should I take a left? Should I take a right? Should I take a... It's, it always knows. And so when you start to move into that as not only a practice, but there's no way it can't infiltrate the rest of your life. And that's what I love about the yoga that you and I teach because it's mindfulness-based. And how many times have we seen or heard from our students that it's, it's transcending the mat in such a natural way. It's not like they're trying to do it. It's yeah. just happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit. I don't know much about your I story just about say that. I, have, I had a guy at Rippy last week that came and it was his first class ever. He's middle aged. Um, and he, as he was leaving, I loved this. As he was leaving, he said to me, I always thought yoga was about the poses. I had no idea it had so much to do with your breath and mind. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it was so amazing that that one class he had that experience. Yeah. And that's what I love about the way that we teach. And, yeah. and both of us were trained with Live, Love, Teach, which I think for, I think, you know, for a lot of people who um, maybe don't know it, but know of it, it could be, they might think it's a little controversial. Oh. And um, Philip and Stacy, who started it, actually, I'm interviewing Philip um, in a couple weeks, and he's our teacher. Um, and oh my God, I just absolutely adore that man. So yeah. grateful for him to be in my life. But that's what I love about it is because they come into our class, and you know, there's a lot to deal with. It's hot, especially at Rhode Island Power Yoga. We got that heat cranked up, which yeah. I love. We got the steam machine like blowing. Um, and then we're teaching power vinyasa on top of it. And I've never seen more beginners in my life because that's how we set it up. We're like, we, there's a huge poster on the wall that says, we love beginners, like yeah. get in here. And one of the first things I say to people is, you know, they'll say, oh, I haven't gotten it so long or I've never done this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, can you breathe? 
Like, yeah, I'm like, great. That's all you have to do is just breathe. Like, I could care less what your pose looks like. Right. Yes, I'm going to watch you. I'm going to make sure you're safe. Right? Like, I'm going to I'm gonna watch for something that could become a bad habit. Um, but as far as, like, that person who's in the perfect dancer pose, we have no idea if they're practicing yoga. Absolutely. I right. mean, they're practicing that limb of the pose, but we don't know if they're, you know, cease, working to cease the modifications of their mind stuff, right? Which right. is what yoga is all about. And I feel like it's so... Um, it's such a there's such a big access point for people because that's now the reputation of I think the studio mm-hmm. is that you know we love beginners and we love beginners and maybe you, I, maybe you've had this experience but one of my favorite things is when you've got that person who comes in for the first time right and it's it's kind I mean it's kind of a train wreck they're super yeah. <laughs> they don't know any of the poses they're super stiff. Um, they probably have like maybe they have the wrong clothes like they come in with like I had this one guy that came in with like pajama bottoms and a sweatshirt I'm like oh my god like okay I'm just gonna trust that you know there's divine right order here and he's gonna be cared for um, and then they come back yeah and then they come back and the next thing you know you see them like they're buying a mat at the desk and then the and they're big, not even sure why they're coming yeah, back. Yeah, they don't even yeah, know why they're yeah. coming back now. But they're sleeping better. They might be sleeping better, you know. And and then then you see them buy in like the the yogi toes for the mat so they don't slip, right? And then yeah. it's like, then you know they're in if they're buying like the sixty dollar towel. Mm-hmm. And then I've had these moments in class where I've literally said it to the person in class or or after class where I look at them. And, you know, it could be weeks, it could be months, it could be a year after they start coming. But I look at them and all of a sudden I realize that they're a completely, like, evolved version of the person they used to be. Have you had those moments in class? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. They are, like, I can feel myself even, like, getting, like, like, tearing up because those moments are so unbelievably um, beautiful and that we get to facilitate that space for people to have those types of experiences yeah. and they're doing it all themselves. Absolutely. It's amazing. It so yeah, you've had those experiences. It's, it's amazing. And it's, um, they ha- that's how I honestly came. I had yeah, that so tell experience. Us, tell me your story. My, tell us your story. Um, I mean, yoga has been something for me, I want to say, probably since my early 20s that I would say I was a yoga flunky. <laughs> like, I would go and I would leave and, and I've always felt like it was a waste of time and I wanted a workout. And I what did you think about Shavasana? It. Oh, God, that was totally a waste. I, used to- I, I, some, I sometimes would leave. <laughs> like, oh, God, I would, I would leave. And if I didn't leave, I would lay that this is, I love this. I love that I did this. <laughs> I would lay in Shavasana with like a completely contracted core, thinking like, well, if I have to lay here and do nothing, at least I'm going to like contract my core and get some kind of workout. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. That's exactly what I felt. Yeah. So. And and I see that at times in in the studio. (laughs) You still see the people that are doing that. And then, but for me, um, when I found the yoga that we teach, it was... Um, because I had an injury from running. It was a hip injury. And it was bad. Like, I just barely could walk. And I was like, okay, I got to shake it up. I got to do something. Um, and I started going to a different studio at first in town. Um, and I liked it. But it was still, there was a disconnect for me. Um, 
And then um, it was Newport Power Yoga was the first where I went and I was like, wow, there's something different here. I don't know. I just like, I loved, I think what it was initially, I know it was initially, it was, I loved the heat because I love being in heat. I love that I sweat because I'm not a big sweater anyways. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually sweating. This is fantastic. And it was a workout. And I was like, I found yoga and it's a workout and (laughs) fabulous. All right. (laughs) So um, I want to say probably for a good four months. It was in the fall. And I want to say it was after the holidays when I finally, I mean, I was coming back and every time I came back, I was leaving with something that I couldn't pinpoint. And that's what I love when I see now my students doing this or students that come to the studio and just letting it be, right? Letting them just kind of go through this process because it was, that's what it was for me. It was like this process of you know, wanting more, but not knowing why. Right. Um, and you're thinking like, well, it's the workout, but it's not the workout. It's, it's there's the something workout. else yeah. that's like starting to seep yes. into you. And you can't really explain, at least I couldn't really explain what it, what it was. Um, but I knew that I wanted more of it. And it was, um, a big, like kind of epiphany point for me in a class was a class that Philip, our teacher, we just said was teaching. Um, and I remember having this experience in the yin part of the class, and it was actually, I was in double pigeon. I remember it. I was in the front row. I remember it so vividly. And he had said something to the class. We were doing a controlled pranayama where it was a long inhale and exhale and then pause between the two. And he had said to all of us to see if you could stay in that pause and just witness what was happening. And I still, I'm like, like, I get chills to it because I had never experienced anything like this before. And there was this pivotal point of me just realizing, oh my God, like, this is like, this was the clarity of knowing, like, I was witnessing my own body, my own self in this pose, but I was like separate witnessing this, you know, like I was this. I was above it in a sense, like above looking down and I saw myself and I was very, I was deep into this pose. I had never gone this far. Like, like my hips were always tight and I think my chest was probably way down on the floor. And I remember not wanting to come out, like to go to the other side. I was like, Oh my God, how do I get that back? Like how? And, mm. and at that point I was like, okay, I need to look more into this. And then I, I think I don't know, four or five months later is when I went to my first training. And not even going to want to teach. It was I just wanted more. I wanted to learn more about what this mind-body connection or I didn't even know the word. Like, I didn't know what it was. Right. And those live, love, teach trainings, yeah, you got what you asked for. Oh, my gosh. Those are so – I had – oh, my God. Yeah. I did a 14-day intensive – 200-hour intensive during um, the huge well, snowstorm. Yeah, the it? storm. What was it? Nemo? Yeah. It was <laughs> like, right. it wasn't snowmageddon. It was even like worse than that. It was like we were completely socked in and I had a snowshoe down to the Hyatt on Goat Island and um, it was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy experience. There was this guy there, um, Dave, who we both know, who I love, mm. and um, he definitely opens to a channel of different mm. dimensions and things like that. And he was telling 
you know, me and some certain other people that there was like a group of seven, I was one of them, and that we had all perished in Atlantis together and then we were back. In, <laughs> I mean, it was so powerful. And um, I had like a two and a half hour uh, experience of just my body shaking. Like I released so much energy during that um that training, oh my God, I brought so much ego into that training. It mm. it wasn't even funny. Um, and maybe I can, I'd really love to get Philip's take on, you know, he doesn't, yeah. he kind of lives in the moment. He probably doesn't remember, but um, boy, I brought so much ego into that training. I was going to be the best yoga teacher ever. And um, it was, it was so intense. It, it absolutely changed the way I live my life. Yeah. It, it took me from like, like if you were going to take a step, like from one step to the next step, this training took me from like one step to like the 500th step. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took a huge leap in that training and came out a completely, um, I don't want to say different person, just, um, I had, I shed so much, but there was something right that led you to that training, right? Oh it, there- yeah. Well, it was, I knew that I was going to teach yoga for a very long time. I've been practicing yoga. My first yoga class was in Jamaica in 1992. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I was uh, totally into working out. And mm-hmm. I was t- totally into, you know, just torturing myself with eating disorders and things like that. And I was big into, like, bulimia, which is the worst because you don't lose any weight. No. It's the worst. It's such a worst. It's the worst one. I, but I loved food too much, so I couldn't starve my... Like, I'd try that for a couple of days, and I was like, oh, I just need to eat. So then I would just... Oh, it was awful. And um, anyway, so I was really into all those things, and I went to this yoga class. And not being mindful. Like, let's... Oh, let's like, yeah, let's... I mean, let's... Did, yeah. In like, case <laughs> anybody thought that I was mindful at that point in my life. No, yeah. I was absolutely not mindful. I had no idea of what mindfulness was. Um, I had no idea what compassion was, especially self-compassion. I was Mm -hmm. just, I I was my own victimizer, huge. So that was my first yoga class. And so um, I think there was some gaps there. Maybe I, you know, dabbled in it a little bit, but it was here in Newport in 19, um, I think it was like 1997, 1996, 1997 that I, went back to yoga like more regularly um and I just knew that I wanted to be a yoga teacher for a very mm. long time I mean long long I mean this is 20 plus years that I've been practicing and um I walked into Philip's class on my birthday I was 39 years old I was at a studio here on the island and I walked into his class and I it was probably like the first sentence that he said and I was like oh my god this is my teacher like yeah this is my teacher. They say like when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? Yes, like absolutely. all of a sudden I was like, I knew that this man, like I, and I was like, does he do trainings? And at the time, I think maybe he had done one or so, but they, he was traveling at that point. Yeah. Like I think they were going and they were traveling around He And, um, it was like a year plus later that I saw he was doing an intensive training here in Newport. And I had been going to his classes and things like that. And I was like, that's it. I'm in. Yeah. And it's amazing how it opens up, isn't it? Like, yeah, like that just, that happened, right? That there was something there 
from, I don't know, the higher above, I believe, that was able to, like, he hadn't been doing those trainings, and all of a sudden, right. the timing was right, and it happened that it's similar for me in regards to the first training um, that I went to. It was a 500-hour. I was the only non-yoga teacher. That was the same that. year that I, so it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah, so I had done, I did my 200-hour um, in February of that year. Okay, and then he did the, in May, it was Memorial Day, like week yep. is when this one was up in Providence. Yep. And, um, and at that point I was like, okay, I don't need any more trainings. Yeah. Like I need to, I need, <laughs> I need to, to just, process. I need to let I all this marinate. <laughs> like I need to look in the mirror and see if I even recognize myself <laughs> at this point. So I didn't go to that training. And I thought, honestly, I thought the training was, the, I don't know, like I don't know what I thought. I really thought we were just going to, talk and sit around I didn't really think I'd be teaching and I wasn't even a teacher oh, but it yeah. was the best experience ever and it was the gateway into me wanting more and at that time there was nothing scheduled and I had three small kids you know like busy in the schedule and I remember they're um they were thinking about doing a training um but they, they weren't sure and then all of a sudden this training was happening in the fall and it was the schedule was like pretty much every weekend and then Tuesdays and Thursday nights and I was like there's no way my son plays hockey my daughter does this my other daughter's there my it's just my and everything lined up and this is where I remember I remember paying for this like the week before and I was like worrying I wasn't gonna have the money for like to pay this and and somehow it it happened it appeared and I was able to pay for it and then I was also warned that I was there were going to be too many conflicts and Every night was interesting. Every night that we met, it just so happened my, my kids didn't have practice those nights. It just somehow came in. And that all, that was the train that shifted me to realize we don't need to worry. These, what's going to happen, what, what is supposed to happen is going to happen. And to live in the moment more than I ever have, like, and that was like, probably around the time as well that I had that experience with Rosalie um, and I, I realized like how important it is to have those moment to moment experiences and stop like thinking so much and planning so much to what's there to come and just let be what it is yeah and do you feel now the way that you live now which is very mindful I know you very well um, do you feel like you get just as much done as before, if not more. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. Because for me, I just, I mean, I, I've been up, I woke up at 3.45 this morning because I meditate before I teach at six. And like, sometimes we, <laughs> we get into bed and we're just like, oh my God, we've been up since like 3.45 in the morning. Like, yeah. holy cannoli. I was never able to do this before. And I think because I had stress, Mm -hmm. You know, because you go to bed and you're, you wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden all the thoughts start running in. And I mean, have you had those nights? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course. And so that doesn't mean that I, I wake up, I mean, especially on the precipice of what's going to be happening four weeks from today. I'm going to be like, literally my house is going to be a Honda Fit. Um, <laughs> so cool. It's so cool. I know. <laughs> But um, more to come on that. <laughs> yeah, when I wake up in the middle of the night and like feel how comfortable my bed is. Well, the funny thing about what's even funnier about this is that we've 
we bought this bed um, when we got Lhasa, which was our Bernese mountain dog. I don't know why I'm telling this, but it's just funny because of how life works. Because she was so big and we had a golden retriever and so we needed to get a king size bed. So we got right. this bed and we laid it and we were like, oh my God, it's the best bed ever. Well, that was really short lived. Like literally within a year of having this bed, it was like, I hated it. It was awful. My back hurt. I had had a bike crash, which I actually talked about on the last podcast. My back was in pain and it, I called it like a torture chamber. Like I, we, BJ would be like, okay, let's go to bed. I'm like, you mean let's go to the torture chamber? Like, I hated oh, this bed, right? It's worse to have something like I know, that. it was awful. Oh, it was awful. Um, and then, as I explained in the previous podcast, once I started, you know, once I stopped identifying with me as having a bad back, you know, things started to shift. Yeah. But never, ever, ever has our bed been more comfortable than it is now. Like, I don't is even know why. It's the same bed? It's the same bed. And now it's like... 10 years old. Interesting. And yeah. And so now for the past like six months, so this whole ride the high vibe tour that we're about to embark on was literally downloaded to me in a meditation. I mean, I came out of the meditation like, whoa, my God, like everything is changing, which is very, very exciting. And then I swear to God, it was at that point where the bed started getting comfortable. And now I wake up in the middle of the night and it's so comfortable. And I think like, oh my God, I'm going to be living in a Honda Fit and, um, you know, a, a, a tent essentially is where I'll be sleeping. But there's so much available for my mind to go insane mm-hmm. every single night. Um, but I can just get back into bed. And what I do is I get back into bed and I just, um, I ohm in my mm-hmm. head. I, I just, I chant um, the mantra ohm. And then I just fall back to sleep. Yeah. And that's what the meditation has brought me. It's just this ability to say, thank you, not right now. Yes. Do you I have, like when tools. you wake up, do you ever have, because you've got three kids, you've got a business, you're a yoga teacher, you're like, you're yeah. far, I don't know how you do it. So yeah. I always see you like at the yoga studio or at the coffee shop. And I, like I see you as like one of my dearest friends. And I forget, like you've got this whole tribe that you're yeah. caring for. It's so a it's a tribe. Schedules, it is a tribe. Schedules, Ske- schedules are crazy. I mean, to go back to just even today, and, and I will say, like, I'm so grateful for my mom friends because it does take a village. Like, it, it takes a village just to be able to, you know, come here and even do this tonight. I have, you know, my son had a baseball game that was away. My daughter has soccer practice tonight, and my other daughter has... Um, practice rehearsal for a play that she's in which is like a broadway show which I mean, is, like the i yeah. when you told me the practice was like it's, every night from every, what four to, to this week because it's tech week it's before the performance um it's four to nine thirty so literally it was like when they got home today it was very and this is where i say the multitasking sometimes um you can still do it mindfully. You can again. still do it you mindfully. Can still very much because do it whatever mindfully. whatever you're doing, it's always right now. It, exactly. So you just have to make contact with that. So mm-hmm. how do you make contact with right now when you've got so much going on? Like how do you make contact? What is your what are your tools? Um, I don't allow myself to get too ahead of what I'm doing. So if I'm doing something with one of my children, my children, I will. You know, for instance, with Rosalie today, I knew that I needed to get her to this friend's house for 3.30, that she was going to be getting picked up. But I also wanted to send her with dinner because, you know, 
ha- she's going to be there till nine and she won't get home and I need she needed to get her homework done so I was with her getting her s- situated getting her dinner getting her ready and then once I was done with that and I just moved to Georgia now mind you I'm doing all this with Rosalie and Georgia's coming into it and I was definitely the person and I can say there are times where it will still happen where um, I'm being attacked from all over <laughs> and the business line is still ringing and you know there's that demand is there too and um, there are moments where I just stop and do take a breath I will say that is like in my back pocket it's my savior I'm so grateful that I know that I have that that we all have that at any point in time and I'll be like okay let me just figure out what this person needs at this point in time so sometimes I will need to shift it like you know and answer her question but right you know I get one task done and then I'll go on to whatever the next thing is and in those moments as well when it's crazy I do think this too shall pass I go to that like this will pass it will um it's just a wave it's just a wave it's the same thing in the morning time when it's that crazy morning for that hour when everyone's there and we're rushing out trying to make sure we've got every lunches and homework and what we need for after school and um being in that space without getting too wrapped up in the yeah. thoughts of everything else that's happening and what's going on because that's how things get forgotten that's how like you forget to bring the lunch you know like it's everybody's yeah. rushing around but they're not even in that moment they're already like oh we're gonna be late for school you know it's like mm-hmm. just be in that moment make sure you have everything you need and understand that this whole time thing is such an illusion it's such an illusion yeah it's i don't it's i don't even know how to explain it but it doesn't really exist we just no. we create it in our minds um yeah so um i want to shift gears a little bit because um because you're doing something amazing with your family besides all the other great things that you're doing but you have been working with bj and i what well, you were doing this even before mm. you started working with bj and i with our high vibe kitchen um to your yeah. plant-based when you started this, nobody else was. Um, but you're you're slowly shifting your house to uh, like all high vibrational foods. So, what was your entry point um, to eating this way? Honestly, to go back, it was when Liam was about six months old, I would say, is when I really became, I became mindful around this. And I didn't even know I was becoming mindful, but I had to because he had a a bad um, allergic reaction to dairy. Um, And it wasn't, it was interesting because it wasn't the first time I was giving, I was introducing yogurt to him Mm -hmm. at the time. And um, it was like the third or fourth day uh, that I gave him one, I'll never forget, one spoonful. We were living in Newport at the time and he had hives head to toe and I was like oh my and god and this is your first baby this is and my you're first like baby. oh my god I'm gonna I'm killing yeah, my baby I, I'm like I, and I didn't know about allergies like no one in my family or my husband's family have allergies food allergies I'm like what is this all about so I immediately called our um, pediatrician and um you know we gave him Benadryl and knew that we shouldn't feed him that anymore and and this was the beginning of a long road for us in regards to um seeing different doctors along the way, different natural doctors as well, natural, um, a few different um, healers that we saw. But 
Liam had severe allergies to dairy. We found out through going to an allergist. Dairy um, and peanuts. We didn't really find that out right away. That came a little bit later. He was in like toddler age. But dairy um, and what else was it? Dairy was a big one. Soy. That's oh. right. He, we were giving him soy in, because he couldn't have the dairy and found out that that wasn't a good option either. So, um, eggs. Eggs was the other one. Eggs, because you couldn't have eggs. That's right. Oh, my God. I think back now. And it's interesting, because now I think about it, and I'm like, wow, there was already something there telling me that these foods were should not be in our, our bodies. bodies. <laughs> but, you know, you got to go through the process, and so we, we went through it. And um, so I had to become a super duper ingredient label reader like everything and I was on high alert all the time of you know bringing him places and what people would have out and whether he could eat that or not because um, we found out that his um, severity to the tree nuts and peanuts were very severe like he we had to carry an EpiPen like he could go into anaphylactic shock and um, thankfully we never you know that never happened but it shifted me from realizing what are all these things you know what are all these things in this food that I'm giving my beautiful new child my firstborn right um so we started cleaning up our diet a little bit at that point I was still you know I was still definitely eating um meat and and dairy but I I shifted to going every not everything but majority of it organic and I had um, joined a co-op, Northeast Co-op, I think it was called, and once every two weeks we'd have this huge tractor t- trailer coming down our street and down the Fifth Ward, and would deliver. It was awesome. Like now we have so much around us in regards to like health foods and the ability to order them online. But at that time it wasn't as available here, at least in the East. Um, but this co-op, you could go online and order like oh, there's these great organic food, and they would drop it but you'd have to buy it in huge bulk. So there were about 12 of us on the island that would order from this place, and we'd share and split, and it was great. It was a big eye-opener. That's cool. Yeah, it was. It was really cool, not these co-op. And then um, my second child, my daughter, Georgia, was born, and of the three of them, she had the most severe allergies. I mean, she um, couldn't have... uh, Basically, what she could eat was rice and vegetables, and it was scary for a while because I was thinking she wasn't getting enough. She could have fruits and veggies as well. She wasn't yep. getting enough nutrition. Like yeah, like where is where is she getting her protein? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And um, doctors were also telling me like we got to watch her because and they wanted me to give her this these like bleh, I don't even know Pediasure like this, these drinks like oh yikes to put it uh, to give her because. There and I know it's lack of knowledge, right? So there was not, the knowledge wasn't around it. People right. Well, I mean, medical schools. Um, I think there is starting to be a shift, but um, roughly, you know, um, doctors receive less than four hours of nutrition education in um, in their schooling, and most of that education is around like. Um, you can't eat dark leafy greens if you're on Coumadin or, you know, it's around like the side effects of the prescription drugs. That right. is my understanding. Um, yeah. And I think that the, you know, 
that there's plenty of, of proof in the pudding um, around that as well. But I think there is starting to be a shift. There's a shift. There's definitely a For shift. For sure. And there's more and more and more and more and more um, doctors shifting to plant-based diets um, because the science is just so strong um, that it can prevent um, reverse, in many cases, revert. like heart disease is, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of an option. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's scary. It's, thing. <laughs> it's a, it's completely unnecessary. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah. the doctors were just, they're just doing, they're just practicing the medicine and just like what we're doing here, we're just sharing our experience and the knowledge that we have. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that just kind of continued for us. So it was definitely the, I always say, not that you ever want your child to have anything that's life-threatening because they still have these allergies to peanuts and tree nuts. Um, but in a way it was a blessing in disguise because it really cleaned up the way that Sean and I ate. Um, and gave us such a perspective of like all the other yummy, great things that are out there. And, question all these other things you know that we were putting in our body um so it progressively I think kind of grew for me over time um and I've always been someone that loved to eat more like good natural food but I had I did a cleanse I think I mentioned this to you about three years ago now four years ago it was four years ago and at that point it was a 14-day cleanse. I never went back to eating red meat. And I didn't eat it very often. But I did red meat and pork I, I took out of my diet. And, and it was it was required on this cleanse. But um, I just didn't want it afterwards. And I don't know why. I just, there was, I just lost like the taste for yeah. it, I guess. Well, you can change your microbiome that quick. I mean, your microbiome yeah. can change. Which is, you know, if you're feeding it red meat, it needs red meat to survive. That those... That bacteria, so you probably changed it. Yeah, and, you know, which is so cool to think that you can do that. Right? Yes, and how yes easy you can <laughs> crave kale salad. Yeah, like <laughs> I crave kale. I for this workshop we're doing this weekend. I'm like I I just can't not make them this kale salad that I make mm-hmm. every day, which is so so simple um, is one of the dishes that I'm going to prepare because I crave it with the nutritional yeast and it's like cheesy oh it's amazing with absolutely no cheese in it of course right Um, so yeah so okay so you stopped red meat yeah stopped red meat and pork the the other white meat the other white meat it was just so weird and and great marketing like I grew up where um, you know I'm one of nine and my mom would cook and this is just the way that they cooked it was always like I remember her watching Donahue and having oh like a 10 pound bag of potatoes and peeling so every night there was some kind of potato starch you know of some sort on our plate and then there would always be a bigger piece of beef or a boiled ham dinner or you a, know, roast a roast in the oven, in the oven. that you could like it, like the smell of it like got into the couch <laughs> you know like it's just yeah. like oh yeah I mean I'm sure there was a time where that I dug that but yeah well oh without boy. even well for us there wasn't a choice if you're hungry that's what you had for dinner or you weren't right. going to eat until you went to school and had the crappy food that they had so it was right. like you know you, <laughs> slim pickings <laughs> Donahue. I remember Donahue. Donahue. I used to love when Donahue, uh, he would get like fired up. So fired up. Yeah. <laughs> My mother used to would. watch Donahue yeah. too. Yeah. It's a great, great image that I still, you know, hold. 
Oh my God, dear. I love it. But, you know, that's just what it was. And the vegetable that we had was canned. Canned green beans. And there's probably two cans to feed nine of us. Or like canned corn. Sometimes it'd be frozen. It's kind of like an afterthought. Afterthought, yeah. Which, uh, you know, God bless that, yeah. the, can- that the canned vegetables were an afterthought. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, and no fault to anyone. It was just part yeah. of it was the time. Part of it was what you could afford. Part of it was, um, you know, what the media puts out there what's healthy for you and you need to have yeah and so you buy into a lot of this of right? course so, i mean this, of course like we we are conditioned this is not a conspiracy theory like yeah. we are there's a lot a lot of money in animal agriculture yeah a lot of money and there's not you know it, there's not a lot of money in broccoli there, <gasps> there could be i think there could be if we started doing some commercials for broccoli right um, but you know, there's very deep pockets, and there's a lot of. Um, a but lot we're of... seeing it. There's a move. There is. Oh, it's so happening. so big. They're definitely, it's so big. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are um, are plant based, are recently plant based, are moving that way. And the thing that I love about um, plant based eating is that it's it's just it's just the foundation of the food you eat is plants, like plant based whole foods. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like you can wean yourself off. It's it's progress, not perfection. Right. And my experience is that um, that once you start to um, rid yourself of the animal products, you know, energy goes through the roof. Um, mm. You feel better. Health issues start to fall away. I mean, this was my experience. And I, like what, it's it's like meditation. Once you start getting in touch with the the health that your body can really achieve on a daily basis, like, you just don't want to go you back. You don't want to go back. Absolutely. You don't want to go back. Like, yeah. if it, like, I don't, I don't, like, we were talking the other day about the Beast Burger by Beyond Meat, yeah. um, which is amazing. You said it was really, really good. Yeah. And I'm hesitant to try it because for me, I don't want a meat simulation. Like, yeah. I don't want anything that tastes like it. Um, but I know you had bought it for um, for your family to try, like as this access point, which is amazing. And, yeah. and for sure, I had the fake meats and the fake cheese, or I shouldn't say fake, but um, I mean they've come a long way now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean there's it's an entry there's an entry point for everyone, and everyone can benefit from eating more more plants. More absolutely, they can. And my my children, I will say, they are phenomenal when it comes to eating raw um veggie any kind not any kind but a huge array of raw veggies they prefer overcooked um and fruit like I can't keep it in the house so I will say like that's huge for them so it's already somewhat planted for them um and I wonder if that's because you were so um not limited but you had to be so skillful as a mom when they were little to you probably fed them more whole foods than you would have if they kind of came out you know with no allergies absolutely and that's why i say like really the allergies is a blessing in disguise for our family because my children have also they have to be ingredient readers and now as they're getting older they do question um what some of these ingredients are in food. And then, mm-hmm. we, you know, like, why do I want to put that in my body? I don't even know what it is. Right. Um, it's really cool to see when your family starts to kind of shift as well. So, yeah. you know, I, so I, would you, love, I would love them all to wake up tomorrow and say, okay, we're all vegan. But that's, you know, I'm letting them experience it the yep. same way that I kind of have as well. 
Um, yeah, it comes in stages. So you came yeah. off that cleanse. I came off that cleanse, but I still, I never went back to um, coffee, caffeine. Like I'll ha- I had had decaf here and there, um, but I went off of that. And then my youngest daughter also during that time had um, a gluten sensitivity that was that we weren't sure what it was. And so we just went gluten-free as well. Um, and there's so much of that that you, so many products now that you can buy. So it wasn't really, really difficult to do. And I just noticed I that I felt better not having it in yeah. my diet. Um, so I just kind of continued with that as well. So I eliminated um, any type of like, wheat type products yeah um, so gluten no red meat no pork no pork were you, rest- you were still doing the chicken i was still doing chicken organic chicken mm-hmm. eggs organic eggs mm-hmm. um and fish so i would have salmon and like mahi mahi like certain fish that i would have right um but what was happening like the shift that i started to see was i was i don't even want to say i ever really craved it but I less and less wanted to even like prepare it. Yes. And yeah. there was deeper meaning coming into it now for me that I had never had the awareness around prior. So at this at this stage where you're starting to like prepare the chicken, I had the same exact thing where I started to prepare the chicken and I was like, oh my God, I just don't even want to touch it, smell it, cook it, nothing. Yeah. But for me at that time, um, and I describe myself as a natural born vegetarian. So um, anyway, it's not about my story right now. But um, but for you, my question is like during that transition, were had you started like the mindfulness piece? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I, you know, so what I look what I look to with that, like the message there is that you know the mindfulness and the sitting and the meditation, and you're getting closer to your true nature, right? And mm-hmm. like our true nature, just that loving compassion, like, and then you're preparing the flesh of an animal. It just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel alive. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's different. Cause I know, I know there's like this big thing in yoga about ahimsa and nonviolence. And do you have to be vegan if you're, um, if you're a yoga teacher and all that. So it's just different. It's just different. It's just, I know you and I have so many similarities. I just yeah. wanted to bring that up. It's different for everyone. And, and that's why I love using plant-based as opposed to vegan. Because it's, I mean, I'm all about animal rights. I, you know, could right. talk a million days about that. But, um, but just that you just start eating more plants, and then the yeah. other stuff just naturally starts to fall away. So you, for you, you had the mindfulness practice. For me, I didn't actually have a mindfulness practice during that time. Um, but it was just I still just wanted more and more and more of what was making me feel so good. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's what I'm seeing with my kids. Because they don't necessarily. So cool! I love it, and they weren't. I mean, this is happening like kind of fast. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, when did we first sat down? Like in February or so, and at that point, like your son was completely like not on, not on board, board at all. And he still, of all of them, gives me the most resistance. I want to say. but he is he is he is the one that's becoming more aware because I want to say he probably consumes the most meat in the house at this point. Yeah, um, I mean he's a what fourteen he's year old 14 boy and yeah, hanging out with his friends like he's yeah. not going to pull out a bag of you know carrots. No, 
I mean, although he takes like his lunch to school, um, you know, he does take this a good amount of fruit as much as there is of carbs right. that is in there. But like but on a Friday night when he's hanging with his friends and they order pepperoni no. pizza, that's going down. No. He's going to eat that. And let's face it, the majority don't eat this way. Right. And like just even tonight, coming home from baseball, the bus ride home, every night that they have an away game, they get Subway sandwich, Powerade, and I don't even know, a bag of chips or something. Yeah. So if you think about that, three nights in a row yeah. or Ooh. three nights in a week. Yeah, and that's um, pro- like processed deli meat. Processed deli meat. Which is ho- horrible, mm-hmm. horrible for you. Um, but he's starting to feel some of the... It sounds like it. Not so cool things that's happening. And whether and what I'm trying to do without being so controlling is I'm just letting him experience it. Yeah. And I'm just saying, and all I say, and I really keep it, I'm just like, Liam, just remember like what you put in your body before and, and just see if that has anything. And just notice how you feel and after. Yeah. yeah. So amazing. You're doing so, so amazing by these kids. I'm just letting them kind of try, you know, yeah. figure it out. Um, now, my youngest, Rosalie, like she's at this play practice and both nights she wanted to bring a salad. You know, that's what she asked for. That and blackberries. Like... You know, I mean, it comes in waves for them, yeah. you know, and again, I'm letting them to kind of experience, but she, as well as Georgia, my middle child, she's, she had been, I want to say she was the one that went, um, more vegetarian before any of them. Like Who, Georgia? Up, Georgia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like taco, like ever since I can remember, like taco night, she never would have the meat. She just didn't like it. She didn't even taste. That's what she, that's what she said. I just don't have a taste. Like it doesn't feel taste good. Right. Eating it. Yeah. Um, and now what I am trying to infuse with them is being a little bit more mindful about what they are eating and how it makes them feel. Um, whether it's you know just initially or when they're looking at it, preparing it, just just. Being kind of that inquiry, like just right. question it, right? Because right. it's it's not just what we eat, right? It's oh, Clark's back. Hi, baby boy. Um, Hi. It's not just Clark. He's gonna knock down the microphone. He's so big. Here. I love you though. I know Hello. it's the best in in the comfy bed yeah. at night. Clark, come here. Go ahead. Clark, Go ahead. come here. Um, it's not just how it's not just what we eat it's how we eat it's how we prepare it like everything right everything is energy it's like what is that vibration or are we just not even noticing what we're putting in so many people eat it that way but you're bringing awareness um to them for them to notice how they feel we had it's funny to say that we had that conversation after you and i talked about this um and it was over um a Subway sandwich, uh, or it was a yeah, I think it was Subway. But I we talked about the fact of how removed that piece of like deli meat was from where it began. Like if you think about it, yeah. Well, and that is absolutely on purpose. I mean, we we meaning America has done an amazing job at lowering um, down this like veil that is so thick that we are so far removed from the process. And we hear a lot that, you know, it's especially from men that, you know, like, oh, I got to have my meat, I got to have my meat, you know, and, and that it's this macho thing, which, but to me, going to the grocery store and buying a piece of meat that's, you know, in a styrofoam plate mm-hmm. with plastic on it after somebody else has done the dirty work, 
that doesn't seem very manly to me. No. You know, no. and I mean, I look at my husband who is one of the most badass athletes I've ever known and um, and just watching him bounce from his workouts and go out and just rip it up on a plant-based diet. It's like right. that to me, not only is that manly, that is like super, super sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. um, speaking of super sexy men, your husband has a really, really cool story about um, how he kind of made the switch. Yeah. That was a little quicker than, and this <sighs> happens for some people. Mm. And then with absolutely no intention did I think that Sean would. But Sean is definitely the kind of person, if anyone knows Sean, like he just goes with the flow. Yeah, I've met, him, I've met him maybe one, like I just adore him. Like he's yeah. the kind of guy that I, when I saw him, like I just wanted to hug him. Yeah, he is that type of person. <laughs> like he is. And he's just kind of, he goes with the flow. And he's actually doing this three-week detox we're doing right now. And I had no plans. Like I had order extra supplements for him and he was like yeah I'll do it why not That's like so cool let's just do it um but regarding uh the plant-based like I this is something on my own that I just felt that I was just I was progressing towards it it wasn't like I want to be vegan because of this and that it has nothing to do with that it was just more of like I wanted the vibration of what the plants represent and how I feel I felt like that was my like true calling now like I was connected to it in a way that I don't know that I just didn't feel um right eating the other stuff anymore yeah I just kind of like progressed that way yep um and and it no I still cook for my children um and when I meat products at times and when I do I make sure that it's the highest quality that I can get and I'm grateful that I can afford that to right. be able to give to them and I just assumed that Sean would be also eating that way and then he decided that he was like well I'm going to give this not eating meat a whirl and just see if I feel any better and he has like he hasn't other than like I think I mentioned you twice we went out to dinner and that gets a little since we've gone on this journey which started in um January um he feels a little uh doesn't know what to order when we go out you know he has that kind of feeling yeah I can totally relate to that yep that will get that will ease up yeah that will ease up because you start to realize that it's there's He'll start to he'll start he'll get to a point where there's just no compromise, right? But right, right and it's not about perfection. It's not about perfection. No. There's no right or wrong. It's about progress. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, go ahead. So when he goes out to restaurants, yeah, he feel and the last time we went out, two times prior, I had ordered this beautiful um, dish. It was just steamed, some steamed veggies and. I don't even know quinoa. It was just yummy. It looked great, and they prepared it, and the restaurant was awesome all about it um which I'm finding you just need to ask and they're very willing yeah yep. just great and he had had a seafood dish which I will say so this is a huge for Sean because whenever we would go out to dinner he was the person that always ordered the steak he was the steak guy yeah you know, the filet and the mashed potatoes and all that and the three or four times we've gone out um to dinner it has been fish that he's ordered so I, from seeing that for me, I mean... That's a huge it's change. It's huge. It's a huge change. But 
um, the last time we had it, he did not like what he had. He said it just didn't taste well. And I wanted to be like, I know I didn't taste well because you're not craving that. But I was like, I'm not going to, again, I'm going to let him experience Yeah, this. just let him have his experience. That's, that's why all this shift is happening because mm-hmm. you're not trying to control it. Like right. when we try and push our agenda on people, especially when they're not ready, which is usually the kind of people that get agendas pushed on them, um, it backfires. It, it does. It's right? But to backfires. just let let be what is, is usually, you know, people find their way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a moment that you had shared with me um, about a movie that you guys watched. Oh, oh yeah, that's really, I think, you're right. That must have been, had we been eating that way? I can't remember. You definitely I were, was, because he hadn't really. I don't think he was fully on board, no. and not because he was resisting it, he just... He just, and he didn't even want to watch that movie, I remember that night. So we watched the documentary, Fork Over Knives, and... Um, I had I was going to the other room to watch it and I, I had come on in to watch and he was like watching the ball game or something and he was like no I'm like come on and he ended up coming out and he was so glued to that TV of watching and there were some and I don't know I can't really say specifically what it was but there was a shift within him of what he heard and what he saw that made him want to make the shift. Yeah, like he came out of that movie, like saying, "I'm, I'm done. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna eat this way now." Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that 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 movie, Forks Over Knives, is a wonderful movie, and that's the one like where they go into a couple of like they go into some stories of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the two yeah. lifestyle doctors, right? Yes. And they're working with that one guy who's actually I think he's the guy that's narrating. Yeah, he wasn't even planning. Right? Yeah, he, he wasn't, wasn't even, even planning, planning, but like he's to... on all these medications and he's got he's tip, typical American high cholesterol, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things are are like I said before, they're they're optional. They are optional. You know, I mean I really for, I I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but boy, I've done a lot of research and um you know, I'm not a nutritionist, but I've done a lot of research. I've I'm mm-hmm. eating this way myself. I, you know, I'm reading a lot of things and um all of his stuff he gets off the medications like he feels great at the Mm -hmm. end of the movie it's so so special it's such a great uh movie i love that one i know i know it's been a huge life changer for many people yeah yeah and and i've also had that experience with um myself where i shared with you that a couple a year and a half ago i was diagnosed with uh hypothyroidism and at the time, they wanted to put me on medication. And I not because of symptoms that I was feeling. And I think part of that I attribute to the way that I do eat as well as um, my yoga practice, my uh, meditation. Like there's a lot of elements I think that definitely um, was helping me not have the symptoms. And I decided that I wanted to at least play with an alternative. Um, and I have. And... I haven't had to go on, knock on wood, the medication because I've been able to actually bring my numbers down. Right. And you um, did it, like intensive acupuncture. I did. It was and herbs, right? acupuncture and herbs. Yeah. And then continued to clean your diet up. Yeah. Because you've been completely plant-based since when? January? January. So mm-hmm. you were you were pretty much already done with the intensive part of the acupuncture yeah, at that point. Yeah. At that point, yeah. I was on more of a maintenance. So that's amazing. I mean, yeah. that's that's... 
that's what, right? What yeah. you just said is the whole reason why you were supposed to be here right now on this on this podcast because so many people don't think that there's another way. Oh my, yeah, it's true. And knowing that there is another way, I think um, it's scary. Well, it's scary for people, right? Because the, what we're hammered in from the time that we're little is like to ban it's it's a band-aid right we're band-aiding let's just treat instead of treating um the whole picture is what chinese medicine i feel and acupuncture does instead we just band-aid what's happening we're suppressing it the same way like with my kids when they were younger like what they wanted to do for them because with their with their food allergies it turned into being skin and asthma like they had that so they want to just continuously suppress it with um steroids on their skin inhalers um and there were times that they had to be on it because i knew no other way but i was always seeking i i found an an alternative doctor at the time in warwick that i was seeking and i would go to him for these different kind of cool um readings um gary bliner who's awesome it's called allergy alternatives um and he helped me like I, i so I wanted, the thing of it is, is like there's so much information out there now that we have and it's just being willing to kind of step out of that box and see that there's the ability, that it's there, right? It's more mm-hmm. available than it ever has been. Yeah. You know, it's more available. And here in the Northeast, um, there, are, there are fewer, like, you know, um, naturopathic MDs and things like that, which, um, but they're here. You know, more so than like, you know, us coming from Boulder, like yeah. that was, it was just ready or, or living in California or something like that, where there's just so many. Um, but it's so important for people to know that here in Rhode Island, there are amazing, amazing healers. And um, I'm actually having my friend Nola on the podcast and she does all oh, the cacao ceremonies yeah. and she's an unbelievable healer. She has moved some major stuff within me. Um, but there's amazing healers here and right down to like your pets. I mean, when we were moving back from Boulder, I said to BJ, the only way we can move back to Rhode Island is if they have a holistic vet Mm, and they do. Yeah. And they're in Exeter and they're Wolf Rock Animal Health Center and they're getting really popular and even know if they're taking new animals, but they're amazing. And, and, um, you know, I, we just said goodbye to our burner who was 11 and a half years old, a dog that they told us we would be lucky to get, you know, five years out of her. Right. Like, like she was a car or something like that. You'll be like, you know, you'll be like, like and I remember just saying like, thank you very much. Like we'll be fine. And, you know, acupuncture and cold laser therapy and herbs. And that girl lived an amazing life because we sought um, another way. Yeah. And, And, you know, you're saying that and some people might think like, okay, like, I'm going to do all this, you know, for for our dog, like these treatments or others also might listening might think of, all right, well, these alternative um, treatments are, you know, expensive or, you know, eating a certain way is expensive. You know, it comes down to as well as choices, right, I think as well sometimes where um, they're not, like people think that, like all these alternative type things are gonna like put you, I don't know, in debt for spending, but it, they're not. It's they're not at all. And you just need to be willing to to be out there and 
and look for it and search for it and it's there but make deciding too like the choice of you know going and buying going back to the food going and buying like yummy organic fresh vegetables and fruits versus going out and spending money on a dinner per se for a family right and the amount of money you're going to spend on you don't even know what you're getting you know you don't even know what you're getting and my experience with especially with healers and things like that and um i can't i really don't like using the word alternative because the alternative medicine that i have sought out in my life has been some of the most powerful and it doesn't feel like it's alternative to what we're supposed to do but um anyway a lot and and i did this in my own massage practice i worked on a sliding scale Mm -hmm. and i didn't it, it wasn't just for people who you know were single moms with kids that you know work in two jobs it was you know there was sometimes where it was like a, a, a regular American family and both parents were working and but somebody was in a lot of pain which is really really common and it was just one extra thing for them to pay for and I would work on a sliding scale and I find that a lot of people um, will do that so it's yeah. always worth asking Absolutely. it's always worth asking it's always worth and it's it's like you have more rights than you know with your own doctor too you don't have to just accept the um the prescription right. I, I went to the dermatologist so there's every now and again i'll go to like a regular doctor, especially the dermatologist with my irish skin just to like check and things like mm-hmm. that and um, they had noticed like in the winter time where it gets really dry and stuff like out, sometimes my skin will get a little irritated and they were like, oh, well, we'll just give you a high, you know, I don't even know what they said. They said some kind of word that was like a bunch of consonants together and like maybe one vowel in there. Like I couldn't even understand it. Right. And I said, oh, no, thank you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good. And they, were, and they said, um, what did I say that I was going to use? I can't even remember. I told them something. And, and, the, and the doctor was just like, that's awesome good cool hey listen when you find oh yeah because i said i'll just look on that's what i said i said i'll just um i've got an art a book on ayurvedic medicine and i'll i'll find something there or i'll just use some coconut oil um or something like that and he was like that's so cool yeah so if it like can you just let me know what that is so then i can tell my patients Right. right so here's this doctor that's um you know he's very um successful practice and he's like saying to me the first time he's met me that's really cool like if you find that out can you let me know what it is and it's just you know it's they don't always know so they're just practicing their medicine right and there's there's always um there's there's always more than one way right Mm -hmm. and so as a recovering like control freak and perfectionist when I thought that there was only one way did you ever think that oh my god I couldn't imagine why people didn't like when somebody had a different perspective than me, first of all, I didn't even know what perspective was. Um, there were certain words that I actually had to look up in the dictionary. And uh, compassion was one of them. <laughs> and um, I just could not in my mind understand why somebody wouldn't think the way that I thought. Mm. Right? But there is, th- so there's always another way, right? And always there's always multiple ways. So it's, it's feeling in um, to what is right. And that's where mindfulness is so key, is this ability to know what is right for you and to end the mental debate and the worry and the stress and 
the sickness and the illness and all of that stuff like just getting aligned with what's right for you and whatever that action is like you might have to make a meat lasagna for your family but your alignment is in their journey in their greatest highest expression right and Mm -hmm. they need to have this experience so you're going to prepare it and you're going to prepare it with love and the highest quality foods that you can possibly do and because you're aligned in it like it is the right action yeah you know it just i'm so glad you said that because it just reminds me of um because i have to say when i am preparing it some i in the past few months um i went through this point where i was definitely like like objecting it Mm. and not wanting to and making it and feeling and then there was something that I just thought like you know I'm putting that into this food yes absolutely I am putting this in and they don't deserve that like they deserve they deserve love to come into this they deserve that energy of mine and I was just listening to a podcast with Rich Roll and his wife Julie and she was tell, talking about, and I was like, oh my gosh, it was like this aha moment. She was talking about a um, restaurant they used to go to. It was some like yoga retreat, and it was or oh, someone prepared. I know, food. I know that. That's the podcast I told you to. I think it was like their second podcast, yeah. Food is Medicine. Yes. Yes. And how, yes. So anyway, so tell the story because so cool. I know the story. Yeah. So she um, talks about, I think it was a yoga. Was that what it was? It was a yoga retreat. It was a yoga retreat. Yeah. It was like a yoga center or yoga retreat or something like that. And then it was all plant-based food that was prepared yeah it was all beautiful food beautiful food but they would get sick like yeah. multiple people and um and although i think she said like their teacher would always bring his own food which is yes interesting, right? yes <laughs> and um they realized that this person that was cooking it you know had a lot of pain and was um angry I think angry they, like they were, yeah really angry and it was coming out in the food yep and that energy, and for me, after hearing that, I was like, wow, I, I remember feeling that way. I remember preparing this food and thinking like, for my own personal reasons, like, I don't wanna do this anymore, I don't wanna cook this, but it's not just about me. <laughs> right, and uh, I was just talking to um, a woman at the yoga studio a couple weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, I, I don't have time for this, blah, 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 and, um, and I said, you know, but like the, the vibrate like your state of mind and your like when you're preparing that food like you can look at it as an inconvenience absolutely you can also look at it as the incredible honor that it is to be the preparer of the nourishment for your family yeah and if you're if you're doing it and you're like oh my god i don't have time i should be doing this i got to do these emails and you're cutting everything up blah 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 and you're throwing it up now that is going to be infused into your family absolutely or you can you know Make sure the knife is sharp and the cuts are clean and that you're feeling the food and you're looking at it and you're, you're realizing that this is such a great, great honor to be preparing this food for your family. Whatever it is, whatever that right. meal is, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that you can nullify a lot with the intention behind what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just go for food, but that goes for everything in life. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, we've been going for a while. This is the longest podcast we've done. Oh wow! And I feel like Sorry. we could. I know. I think <laughs> I think we could go even longer. I know. PJ was just messaging me from the coffee shop. Can I come home? Can I now? come home? 
<laughs> so I think maybe we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, but I have one final question before uh, I let you go. And oh, that gosh. is, um, I don't know, it's just coming to me now. So it's not like I planned it. Um, like if you have one piece of advice to give to another mom who is, you know, doing all the things that you're doing, juggling everything and trying to provide healthy food for their families. Um, it doesn't always go that way. Like what is one piece of advice that you can give a mom who's just juggling all of these things, right? I call them yogi triathletes because anybody who is a human, you know, we are endurance athletes in this life. But one thing that you could give them that might help, um, it could just be something general for life itself or something specific or whatever. Mm. What would be your piece oh, wow. of advice? One thing that's just coming to me is just forgiveness because I think for many moms, especially like moms that are friends of mine, there's a lot of guilt around, you know, trying to juggle the just after school stuff to preparing a good meal. And um, I think once you can forgive yourself and then start from there to become a little bit more mindful around what it is that you're doing, right, for them. So even if it is going through that McDonald's drive-through, right, which Sometimes I, I know, I know my mom friends that they're like, they don't have any other time. They're exhausted. They've just finished work themselves or run the kids all around. And they're also like, I had no other option. I'll grab a pizza. And just being like aware, right? Being mindful of that food that you're purchasing. Um, being mindful around how you're feeding your kids. Like, I think when we bring mindfulness into whatever we're doing right for and especially this is this is what's helped me it's allowed me to see that there are other options but in that same kind of way you need to be forgiving of the times before or what you're doing because everyone out there is just trying to do the best that they can I truly believe that um so yeah just to forgive that's perfect that's so beautiful and um Forgiveness is actually something that um, a listener has written into us about um, and wants to know more about and mm -hmm. how to forgive and how to forgive yourself. So we'll be going into that deeper in a future episode. But um, Valerie, thank you so, so much for being here. Yes, it's been fun. Uh, you might have to be like a repeat guest before yeah. we hit the road. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, and then when not? we set up the commune out in California, we'll yeah. be doing this, we'll all, doing the this all the time. <laughs> That's the grand dream, everyone. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for being here. And um, that's it. Episode two. No, episode three. Right. With my dear, dear Fun. friend, Valerie. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful soul. So grateful <laughs> to have you here. Thank you. Episode three with my good friend Val. I mean, this lady, she is the CEO of her tribe and she is rocking and riding the high vibe every single day. We hope you enjoyed it. Please send us your feedback and comments, topics, and questions for future episodes. We're keeping a running list and it is getting good, you guys. Thank you so much. 
Keep tuning in. Keep sharing the podcast with your friends. Let's keep growing this community every single day. If you haven't listened to episode one where we do the big reveal of our Ride the High Vibe tour, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You got to listen to that. I will also put a link to our GoFundMe page. We're funding this tour ourselves, but it is very clear that with more support, we're going to be able to affect more people. So if you are inspired, anything helps you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And I mean, do I really need to say it again? Ride the high vibe every day, no matter what. It is what this world needs.